genre. Perfect. Awesome. Adam, do you just go by Adam the Creator when you do your stuff over on your show? Yep. Is that how you want me to introduce you? Okay. Sure. That's cool. great. Awesome. Victoria, are you ready? I see that you're doing stuff. I know you're like buying and selling and doing your thing. That thing. <laughs> Wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. Your minis <laughs> no. you just bought. Okay. Good. Cool. Uh, in that case, in that case, let's get started. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good. Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Draco. And we have a very special guest this week. We have Adam the Creator from Dark Knight Minute. Welcome, Adam. Hey, guys. I'm so glad I'm finally able to make it here. We've been trying to get you for a while, so I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, it's been a long, hard road with many delays. First, there was some crazy old wizard with a light sword that got in the way. <laughs> then a, then a grindy low grabbed my leg and was begging for a party. And then after that, all those poor owls getting caught up in the storms. And then, you know, they had the flu network on the fritz over in my area. And then with Makuza not being able to decide anything and the possibility of it shutting down, it's made my work life really hectic. So I just had to grab my clean sweep and fly on over. Well, we're glad you made it. There, we, We've talked plenty of times about how communication in the magical world is like quite an ordeal sometimes so we're glad to make this work yep yep i'm happy <laughs> uh, before we get started do you want to talk about do you know adam your uh your like hogwarts house and stuff we like to ask that of our our first time guests yeah i it's funny i haven't i hadn't even done pottermore until i was listening to you guys earlier this season and then i decided i should do it and you know i was thinking you know everybody always wants to get Gryffindor or whatever and I'm like ah that's not gonna be me funny thing is I ended up being Gryffindor wow <laughs> I was go. I was really surprised and then let's see I'm trying to remember what my Patronus was um oh it was like a terrier I think there are so many different oh, like, like a type of dog yeah, yeah there's so many different dogs and, and like cats I think are like the there's most a lot common. of cats yeah for sure. Oh, terriers are cute dogs too. That's awesome. Okay. I like that. Here we go. I have my Patronus is a West Highland Terrier. And then my wand is Elmwood with Phoenix Feather Core, 10 Ooh. and three quarter inch, and solid flexibility. Nice. So, that's awesome. My Ilvermory oh. house is Horned Serpent. Horned Ooh. serpent. Victoria, you were a Pugwidgey, right? Pugwidgey. <laughs> and I'm a Thunderbird, so a we're all different. We're all different. Well, that's cool. I Googled, I Googled West Highland Terrier. And, oh cute. my God, they're adorable. <laughs> they're very cute. <laughs> it's so, it's, yeah, this one's so tiny and like fluffy. It's, oh man. Little fluffy I would dog. love, I know. <laughs> I, I want like a cute Patronus. That's awesome. I don't know. You have uh, a wolf. That's pretty darn cool. I mean, yes, but. You can't, I, you can't love on a 
You could love on a terrier. You can't love on a wolf. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> I don't think it's the same. You sure can. You tell that to Snake Eyes and G.I. Joe. He has a wolf. <laughs> okay. He has a wolf. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about G.I. Joe. On Game of Thrones, they have like dire wolves. That's don't they? true. Yes. See? They don't all make it very long. As long as you raise them and they're like be comfortable with you. Okay. It's good. Okay. Better than a hyena. Okay. That's, I mean. <laughs> Oh, you'll never let that. You'll never let that go. I know. I just <laughs> doomed. Oh, I'm doomed. 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 Uh, we today we're off topic already. Today we're talking about minute number fifty six, uh, which starts with Hermione asking a question, and it ends with a story about Salazar Slytherin. So we we mentioned last week, as Hermione like began to ask this question, but I think we're going to go a little bit deeper here. This is not. This is not who they ask in the book. I know. In the book, they go to their history of magic professor, which makes way more sense than the Transfiguration one for a question about the history of Hogwarts. But Professor Binns isn't in these movies. I know. That makes me a little sad. I wanted to see him. I think me it'd be too. funny. I, I, yeah, we tend to see just the same, like, handful of professors, unfortunately, even though there's, like, a lot more classes these students take. And I think history of magic is, like, the one that I actually, like, am the most interested in. If they were to do... Like another in-universe textbook or something. Like, that's the one I want, is the history of magic. Oh, yeah. That'd be interesting to see what they do with that. I know. I want to know, like, where it started. I want to know, like, how the muggle world and the magical world became... Like, are, how long have they been distinctly different things? Like, when did people start developing magic? Like, how did Wandalore start? Like, this is thousands of years ago. It's... Oh, man. It'd be so fascinating. We're yeah. talking a little bit about the past. This week, which is fun. Not quite so far back, but we are talking some origins of Hogwarts, which I'm very excited for. Yeah, it's some interesting stuff that they go over. It, it's cool stuff to hear. And if they didn't do Professor Benz, at least it is Professor McGonagall. Yeah, yeah. Her delivery is so... It's so good. And of course, it makes sense. Like, this is a, this is a professor that we've already developed our relationship with over the last couple of years. Like, this, the, the students have gotten to know her. Like, we, the audience, have seen McGonagall more than pretty much any professor other than maybe Snape. So, it's nice to have someone who's like a... She's almost like a confidant, right? For the other... For, for all the Gryffindors. And so, I yeah. think it works out nicely. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the history lesson, just kind of going back a little bit into last minute... So Ron transfigures Scabbers into a partial cup. So yes. are, are the students encouraged to bring their own animals to test this spell on? <laughs> I don't know. It seems to me that, that Ron's the only person who brought his... No, that's not true. No, Neville, see, has, Neville has Trevor. Neville has Trevor. You're right. I feel like he's going to not... He's going to fail the same way that uh ron fails just because like that's the joke of neville being like pretty much inept. so is trevor gonna be <laughs> it's like gonna be like cup? a, a, a an, an amphibious cup where it's gonna Ew, feel it's slimy yeah <laughs> I could, I, that's what i imagine his would be Ew, that's almost as bad i think i'd rather <laughs> have a slimy cup than a furry cup there's something disturbing about a furry cup. I don't I know what it drink is. About, I wouldn't drink out of either of them. No, of course not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Visually, I just think the furry cup looks really gross. Ew. Yeah. The tail is like I mean, still moves. moving. Uh, it, it freaks me out. How does it squeak? It doesn't have a mouth. It freaks me out. Don't <laughs> like it. Well, is is the other cup still going to uh, rib it? I don't know. I don't know. It forms a bubble, like like the bubble from Ew. the neck. <laughs> oh, I don't boy. like that. From the inside of the cup. All I don't sudden. even want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then 
I was very distracted as Professor McGonagall's talking by all the other animals in the background of the room. And it's funny yeah, right. because I didn't notice any of them until this go around. I don't know why. I, I just was not paying attention to anything in the past. But, you know, when you do this minute by minute, you start noticing a lot more. But Yeah, absolutely. Who's going to transfigure that baboo? baboon? I don't know. I feel like... I feel like the creatures that are in the cages are on the outside of the room because they're bigger and they seem to be more complex creatures. Like, I would assume that's something for, like, higher year students to do. But at the same time, like, some of these kids have lizards. We have a, we have a cut. After Hermione asks her question, we have a couple of reaction shot cuts. And one of them is to, uh, I think it's Ernie McMillan and Hannah Abbott. And they've got, like, an armadillo on the pile of books <laughs> in front of them. Like, yep. Who has an armadillo? I don't. I don't know. Where did these animals come from? Who takes care of them? It's a, it's a school armadillo. <laughs> school armadillo. Hagrid's Why? collection. Why? <laughs> None of them are magical either. Like, where did he get the regular, these? Just regular animals that you get from a zoo. It's like, are they a... Did he raid a zoo? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, are they going to a zoo and just stealing animals? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't... That seems like... Uh, it seems like you'd get caught. Even magical means. Someone's going to be looking for these missing animals, right? So I yeah. can't imagine that's the case. There's got to be like some legitimate. Oh, you know what? You know what? Um, last year, when we talked about Hagrid getting his dragon egg, he talked about uh, how the guy that he bought it from, he never saw his face. He always kept his hood up. And like, sometimes that's how it is when you're in the trade. Right. We talked about the capital T, like the trade. the trade. Maybe the trade deals in all kinds of animals, not just magical ones. Like, oh, you need a, you need a... You need a baboon? I'll get you a baboon. I'll get you a baboon. (laughs) Uh, Underground black market for animals in the wizarding world. (laughs) Yes. It's it's the trade. Right. It's the exotic animal trade. It's a... And and, and For them, it would be even more exotic. Hagrid's the inn. So so McGonagall needs animals for her transfiguration class. She goes to Hagrid and is like, hey, Hagrid, I need (laughs) you to get in touch with the trade. The trade. I need a baboon and a bunch of hornbills and some lemurs and an armadillo and maybe some chameleons and like dress. Yeah, you know, <gasps> just one a of bunch each. of animals. Yeah, give me one of each. There's more than one of each. There's like a hand, there's a few hornbills around. This that room. is true. For whatever reason, there's a lot of those. I don't know. This is super weird. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, you know what else is funny? As soon as Hermione asked the question. It's amazing how silent that classroom gets. And they're all just like piercing gaze at McGonagall, like, tell us, tell us, tell us, you know? It's like, well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually, I'm really interested in all the reaction cuts around the room. Hermione finishes asking this question, and the first person we cut to is Draco. My kids look on his face like, what are you, what are you doing? Well, but it's almost a sort of, like... I mean, this is a little of outside information, but we also know that Draco doesn't know the answer. This isn't a look of like guilt or suspicion. No, it's just kind of like like a curiosity. Is the, yeah, is is she going to answer like this question? Like, huh. And then we cut to like I said, uh, I think it's Ernie McMillan and Hannah Abbott. And, and the reason I think that, well, actually, I, I know that that's Ernie McMillan because we'll see. We have a deleted scene with him later that's going to come up. And then Justin Finch Fletchley, who's going to be one of the petrification victims, mm-hmm. is sitting behind him. And then we cut to Seamus Finnegan and Dean Thomas. So I like that, like, I like that we cut around the room and we get to see, like, everyone's... Like, I love that the camera doesn't only focus on our trio all the time. We don't see a reaction shot of Harry and Ron here. Yeah. And, like, not yet, at least. We'll get to them. 
but not until after she starts very well then. Yeah, you can tell she's just hesitant about it, though. She's like, uh, should I or should I not? Uh, all right. It's interesting to me that she does decide to tell them. Yeah, she's not the one I would normally think would be the one to kind of give in and let them know about this stuff. I mean, Professor yeah, Benz had some motivation because everybody was it's actually a paying to the school. Yeah. Well, yeah, and everybody pays attention to him for once. It's not <laughs> <Exactly>. a normality. <laughs> exactly. Whereas this one, we're like, we're going to move away from the subject we're supposed to be learning in order to dig into like, something that's happening at the school. Yeah, yeah, it's like a different, I don't know if that's maybe because it's Hermione, someone in her house who's asking McGonagall, the head of her house. Like maybe there's a sort of hmm, like a familiarity there, like a trust. Like, yeah, something is going on and it is perhaps the heads of house's responsibility to at least get, like, to give whatever information they have to their students. Like, I think that for McGonagall, it comes down to a, like, she'd rather arm her her, her house with this knowledge than pretend that nothing's going on. Like, she knows that they're smart enough to know that something's going on, regardless of whether or not she believes that the chamber actually exists. Yeah, there's too much evidence that there is something going on, so she might as well let them know before they try and do anything stupid to try and figure it out on their own. Yeah, we talked about last week, even the the end of the conversation in the hallway with the petrification and the question of whether or not Harry and the trio were responsible, uh, Dumbledore tells them as they're going, like, not, what is it? He says, like, don't do anything foolish or something like that. I must urge caution. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which is definitely, like, again, directly for this trio. Like, do you think that if this was any other class, like, do you think if these were students that didn't include Harry, Ron, Hermione, that she would volunteer this information? Oh. Mm, that's a good question. Because I feel like right? I feel like these, you know, our trio has a, 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 a proclivity to kind of go investigating and do their own thing. <laughs> She, they come to her next year, or last year, they came to her and told her, like, we know about the Sorcerer's Stone. And she's like, how did you even, like... Yeah, they just... Might as well offer that information and let them go digging into something that's going to get them into trouble. Yeah, I mean, we'll get... I think we'll get more into her motives in the next minute or so, but... Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's kind of the way she's heading, is she's wanting them to have it from her instead of, you know... Going to Fred and George Weasley and trying to get a story out of them because or something. Yes, yes, yes. They could twist any story and have a whole bunch of first and second years just freaking out. Mm-hmm. Might as well give them the most accurate or reliable sort of information. At least it feels more. They're going to take it as more true when it's coming from her saying, like, I mean, again, we'll get into it later in the week, but telling them like no such chamber has ever been found. Then like. Fred and George being like, oh, yeah, I heard that it's here and like whatever. And then letting the kids go out and <laughs> start doing their own search or hunt of the castle. Like this is at least going to keep their heads clean for a little bit longer. Yeah, for sure. And then it's really funny with Professor McGonagall when she starts naming the heads of house, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's so funny she kind of did this in the first year, too, when she was naming the houses before they came into the Great Hall. You know, she kind of says, you know, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, all that with kind of the same tone. And as soon as she gets to Slytherin, 
like in the first one she goes and slithering slithering and she you know she drops the tone on it and it's funny in this minute because she's you can tell she's starting to do that but then as she finishes she kind of picks up on a little higher note she's all and salazar slithering you know she picks it up at the end it's kind of Mm -hmm. weird it's almost like she's catching herself and she's like i shouldn't be like picking on suspicion or yeah picking on a house because i am ahead of house i need to be more fair but you know in the first year she really kind of you know threw the name into the mud almost yeah it was a lot more uh, there was a lot more derision in it last time when she said like the end slither in yeah so i just thought that was an interesting little acting choice yeah i um i'm also interested in she starts this story by like as you all know uh that hogwarts was founded over a thousand years ago and she says by the greatest witches and wizards of the age and I wonder if that's just, like, a matter of perspective because they founded the school. Like, we don't really know anything about the witches and wizards of a thousand years ago. Right. Uh, these guys could have been anybody. Like, I don't know the names of any of the people that founded, like, other universities and schools. Like, what? Not not all the time. Not for, I guess for major institutions that have been around for thousands of years, like, that's information that's pertinent and, like, exists somewhere. But this school holds a pride on the legacy of the four founding fathers in a more direct way than I think I've seen in a lot of other, I guess in a lot of other school systems, but, but to regard them as the, the greatest, which like what made them, the, I'm so curious. This is why I want a history of magic class. What makes the four founding yeah. fathers, what the greatest witches and wizards. Yeah. What were their accomplishments other than starting this school? Yeah. I mean, for all, you know, Bobaton and Durmstrang were started around the same time who started those schools. They may have been just as good possibly yeah. better you never know it's yeah a school pride thing i think i agree i agree she mentions that three of the house three of the uh the founders worked together harmoniously and one did not and then ron's like three guesses who yeah it's, ron that's too many guesses right <laughs> doesn't take that many guesses it's, no it's one's a, gonna suspect i'll, gi- I'll give you three but you only need one yeah yeah there you go Oh, uh, Helga Hufflepuff? She didn't like the others, right? She was just right. too she weird. Was just too, yeah, she's just strange. And <laughs> I don't know. Off in her own world. So, I don't know. We get we get a lot about Salazar in the next couple minutes. Yeah. He believed that magic should be kept in all wizard families. Pure bloods, McGonagall says. And then we get this really nice cut, this reaction shot, this back and forth, where we cut to Draco, who's like kind of peering across the room, and then we cut to Hermione, who's like glaring back at him. <laughs> yeah, that that knowing glare. You know, instead of a knowing look, it's a knowing glare between them. Yes, yes, yes. And then it's also funny because when McGonagall says pure blood, I don't know why, but it just sounds weird coming from her, you know, because it sounds... You know, I just associate it with, like, the Malfoys and people like that always putting all this stock into pure blood. But then having McGonagall say it, I don't know why. It came across as just sounding weird to me. There's a little bit of, I don't want to say derision in it, but just a sort of, like, like, she doesn't put any stock. Like, she doesn't, yeah, that she doesn't put any credit or any stock in this idea of, like, a pure-blooded wizard. I don't know. Is, Is McGonagall 
Do we know if McGonagall's a half blood or a pure blood or like what her? I'm gonna look this up right now. What her I, background is. I cannot remember it ever being mentioned anywhere in the books or the movies. Yeah, I can't remember it either. I'm gonna see if maybe Pottermore or the Harry Potter wiki has that information real quick. Yeah, uh, that'd be interesting to says, know. According to the Harry Potter wiki page, it says that she's a half blood. It looks like she was uh, the daughter of a, a muggle named Robert McGonagall and a witch, Isobel Ross. Isabel? It's I-S-O-B-E-L, though. She had a couple of younger brothers, Malcolm and Robert Jr. Interesting. Where does this come from? Let me see if I can figure out. This must be Pottermore information. I'm going to check the, the source real fast. Yeah, it says it's it's literally just an article called Professor McGonagall that's from Pottermore. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So that yeah, is. I guess she's a half blood. So yeah, I mean I, I can understand that she would uh she wouldn't necessarily believe in that idea of like the pure blooded wizard. She knows plenty of people who aren't pure blooded wizards, and I'm sure she's been teaching long enough to see that there's plenty of evidence, like Hermione notwithstanding notwithstanding that like you don't have to be pure blood. Yeah, pure blood status doesn't mean anything when it comes to like magical prowess or the ability to to cast a, a spell or a charm. Yeah, it. Uh, we've seen far too much evidence to know that it doesn't really matter. You know. Yeah. And then just one other thing I think is really funny: the chalkboard work in the background is amazing. Like I know, I oh, it looks so good. Who who can draw on a chalkboard that well? Like I know I can. I don't think I've seen many people who can. I wonder if do you think do you guys think McGonagall drew all this herself, or is this like like a like a quick quotes thing, like like Rita Skeeter uses that and she's dictating? Draw something the, yeah, because I yeah yeah because then it could it. be a more accurate depiction than something you could freehand. Well, I mean, if it was a quick quotes chalk, I guess <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would assume that like it would be very uh, like almost it'd be perfect that type okay. of thing. And uh, as well as even though the drawings are done very well, they're definitely not perfect. Sure, true. So like m- maybe she did. Well, remember maybe she and... had a student do it. Oh, that's true. Maybe. But then I kind of think, well, not think back, but think forward to um, number seven, the Deathly Hallows. Harry, when they're making Dobby's tombstone, he's like, I know Hermione could do it better her, with her wand, like yes. carving it, but he wanted to do it because it was more special if he did it. I wonder if, you know, you can do art through wands, like... Because they were talking about carving, so I wonder if through wands you can, you know, yeah. if you've got good wand, a wand hand and good handle of your flourishes, if you can just like do good art with it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Does that would that diminish the influence of art in the magical world if you could just wave your wand and? Pre- I guess it would still take a, a skilled hand, right? Like yeah. Hermione, Hermione would be able to do it because she is the brightest witch of her age. But like Harry probably couldn't do it with a wand the same way. I think I, it's more like handwriting, you know. Like he said, Hermione could do it better. Maybe it, it's like with me and my wife. I I have her do handwriting stuff because her handwriting's way better than mine. Doesn't mean I can't write, but. 
it hers it's looks just not better. as yeah so even if you did it with the wand i still think it would be like the same principle if your wrist is too floppy or something you're going to get a worse picture or something like that interesting i don't know that's kind of my thought of the possibility of what it is i like the idea of like early morning McGonagall, like, doing her chalkboard work before the students start arriving to class. She's, like, drawing this bird, and she's writing these runes for, like, the spell that's the transformation between the two of them. Like, I'm actually really fascinated by these, like, the round symbols that are between the cup and the bird that have, like, runes around the outside. They're, like, they're not quite summoning circle-esque. They don't have quite the geometric sort of thing going on, but... I find that really interesting. My, my assumption is that this is like for the movie, that this is Mirafor Amina, the person who did the, she's the one who's credited with creating the map, the Marauders map next year. And she's also responsible for um, like a lot of the flyers from when Umbridge is taking over the school and like a lot of the written word things. Uh, she had her hand in like most of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. She's got like uh we've talked about her before. She's got like a couple of books out and stuff. She does like annotations for like other works now that it's just incredible. Uh I do that is a talent that I do not possess. Like cartography and stuff. Not cartography, that's the wrong word. Uh like calligraphy and stuff. Right. Cartography's maps. That was yes. way wrong. Yep. <laughs> well, not way wrong. She makes the Marauders map, so that sort of counts. Yeah, I'm going to stand true. by that word then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was all I had for today in particular. Yep, that's what I have. We have more history lessons in the next couple days, so we'll get to that. But before we wrap, would you like to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find uh, all of the stuff I'm working on at geekmindfusion.com. I am the host of the Dark Knight Minute. We analyze the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy just like you guys analyze the Harry Potter saga. So <laughs> come check us out there and we're doing Batman Begins right now. Awesome. Yeah, everyone go check that out. Uh, you can find us, of course, on DwayneJohnner.com along with a bunch of other shows that, that are happening there. Um, you can find us on Facebook at, at Harry Potter Minute and the Listener's Army and on Twitter at HP Minute. And you can come back tomorrow for minute 57, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Adam, we wrap up every episode by saying mischief managed, if you'd like to join us in that. For sure. Awesome. Mischief, mischief managed. managed. Yeah. <laughs>